Welcome to episode 134 of Your Kids Next Read podcast, in which we talk about books and reading for kids of all ages. I'm Alison Tate, author of middle grade adventure series, The Mapmaker Chronicles, The Ataban Cipher, The Maven and Reef Mystery Series, and my new middle grade novel, The First Summer of Callie McGee. Usually I'm here with my co-host, the sparkling Megan Daly, teacher librarian at Children's Books Daily and author of Raising Readers and editor of Teacher Teacher. But I'm flying solo for the next few episodes as we take a summer hiatus. Never fear, though, we have put together an incredibly interesting mini-series, which we're calling Behind the Books, and we'll be talking to some of the people who are part of bringing you wonderful Australian children's literature outside of those who write them. There are six episodes in this series, and they'll drop over the next four weeks or so while Megan and I rest our vocal cords. You'll still find our show notes at yourkidsnextread.com.au, where we'll share links to the books mentioned because we ask every one of our interviewees to recommend some brilliant books for you. And I'll also put links to some of our most popular book lists and other bits and pieces. Let's call it a holiday surprise. You'll also find Megan and I, along with our good friend, author Alison Rushby, in the Your Kids Next Read community on Facebook. Search for Your Kids Next Read there to join us. And you can also sign up for the Your Kids Next Read newsletter at yourkidsnextread.substack.com. All of the links will be in the show notes. Um, So have a look. Do you have a kid aged 9 to 14 who loves to write or one who'd love to write better? Send them on a creative writing quest with best-selling author Alison Tate. With 12 online modules, the course will take your young writer from ideas to finished story with personalised video feedback from Alison on their complete masterpiece. Find out more at writercentre.com.au forward slash quest. That's writercentre.com.au forward slash quest. So who are we talking to first in this wonderful series? Because we're currently in key book buying season, I thought the best place to begin our behind the books journey would be with the front line of book sales, the bookseller. So I'm talking to Paul McDonald. Paul McDonald owns the award-winning The Children's Bookshop, which has been a Sydney literary institution since 1971. Paul has a Master of Education, working almost 20 years as a teacher of upper primary and secondary. He's won numerous awards in teaching, as well as the inaugural Morris Saxby Award in 2012 for his contributions to raising the profile of teen fiction and the 2016 Lady Cutler Award for services to children's literature and literacy in Australia. He not only manages the children's bookshop, but is also a consultant working with numerous schools focusing on building reading cultures. Paul is the co-author of the CBCA notable picture book, The Whole Idea, and has written several other academic texts. So as you can hear, he's well and truly immersed in um, the world of Australian children's literature, and I put a few questions to him. Welcome to Your Kids Next Read podcast, Mr. Paul McDonald. It is such a pleasure to have you here with us today. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. All right. So let's talk about bookselling. Um, what what do you see as the role of the bookseller in children's publishing? You, you know what? There's as many roles as there are bookshops. So, mm. I can, you know, we all wear different hats, but the children's bookshop's been around for almost 50 years. For most of that was bricks and mortar store that dealt with the public. So we were very much an event space. But for the last two or three years, we just look after schools and that I guess reflects my school's background. So my role at the children's bookshop increasingly has been trying to curate lists for schools who I do think are increasingly overwhelmed by the volume of books that are coming out. So my job is to help, you know, track books, um, source books, 
um, show them librarians new books and basically help curate collections for, for school libraries. Fantastic. So how did you come to be a bookseller in the first place? Like what drew you into this? Um, it was quite random and probably foolish, but I, I was a, um, a teacher and I had an academic career in universities as well. Um, but I had a dirty little secret and that was I bought too many books at the children's bookshop, which was owned by an older couple. And I did use to hide my purchases and put them on different credit cards. And, um, it was a dirty secret. And an older couple were looking for a you know, succession plan and they did ask me about five hours, uh, five years before I bought it. You know, they'd love to pass it on to me. Um, and after about five years, I gave in and took a chance. And um, so that was 20 years ago. Okay, so you said your background is in education. So what kind of, were you like an English teacher? Like obviously the fact that you were buying so many books at the children's bookshop suggests that you've had a long-standing interest in this area. I mean, I, I'm a reader first of all, but I am, uh, I was an English head teacher and I, I actually taught kindergarten to year 12 um, literacy and English. So basically, particularly my academic background is reading to gifted and talented children. So um, my heart goes out to all readers, whether they're gifted readers or not, but um, my background in schools is particularly gifted and talented programs um, okay. and reading. All right. So w- what does a typical day look like for you? Well, like last year I spoke at about 178 schools. Mm. A typical week, this week I've got about 12 schools, uh, most of which I'll physically go out to. Um, I take new books. Um, tomorrow I'm actually – um, looking at working with a gifted and talented group at a state school, looking at new books that offer dynamic structures. Um, that's an unusual sort of brief, but basically um, Friday I'm talking to year sevens and eights at a school, trying to encourage them to read. So I do a whole range of things. But the end point, to be absolutely honest, is selling books. You know, I'm a yep. bookseller. So whatever I do, I, I largely don't, um, I don't charge for all that sort of service. The end point, it's an unusual service and at the end point is the school Bibles. And um, at the moment, I'm doing a lot of work with some um, new libraries. So they're new libraries, new schools that are trying to build collections. And so I consult and create lists and, and hopefully sell books to that new school. So it's a, like it's an interesting remit you have because, as you say, the end point for the bookseller is to sell books. Like it's a, it's very much a, um, the product, isn't it? It's the product that you're offering in the shop. Um, but of course, books always bring so much more with them than you know a jar of Vegemite or a you know a packet of Cruskets or whatever. So you're kind of selling, you're selling not just the product, but you're selling all of that stuff that goes with the product as well, isn't it? So when you're going and speaking in schools the way you are, how does that differ to what you used to do in the shop front, you know, at the children's bookshop when it had, when you had a shop itself? I mean, it's because a bookseller, um, I mean, one of the joys as an author is, is um, an excellent children's bookseller, you know, who loves your book and is hand selling your book to, to an audience. Are you doing that um, just on a larger scale with the way that you operate? That's exactly what I'm doing. You know, bookselling, is the best booksellers are hand sellers. It, it's it's about knowledge. It's about conversation. It's about reading the the reader, finding out where where they're at. So really, I guess on a different scale, whether I'm talking to 200 kids or 30 kids, 
Uh, my job is to talk, have conversations about new books. And you know what? Young readers, old readers, when you start a conversation about a book, you talk about a book, you tease them with narrative, um, that's the best way to encourage someone to pick up a book. So that, that's what I exactly what I do on a different scale. So I am a bookseller ultimately, and I say that to kids. Um, and I'm very lucky because the best booksellers listen to feedback. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's a book I don't like, but someone says, oh, I love that book, and I, I go, why do you like it? So I get a 100 kids in front of me. For instance, I'm not a huge graphic novel reader, but when I put up a slide and talk about new graphic novels, I can see the excitement with kids. Mm. You know, so I, get, I, I learn a lot from going out to schools, um, the tastes of kids and what resonates and what doesn't. I mean, sometimes I love a book. I think it's brilliant. It may get nominated for awards but I can see it doesn't resonate with kids. So I find that fascinating. How do you stay across all the books? Like you, as you said, like one of the reasons that yeah. you started doing this and curating lists is because of the overwhelming number of books out there. How do you stay across what's new and what you want to talk about? Yeah, um, that's, that's also another good question, Alison. Um, I'm great I'm at good 20, questions. <laughs> I, I'm only 22, but I look 100. Uh? Um <laughs> My secret to success, even as a child, I'm a reader because my parents were very strict, but once I went to bed, I could read for as long as I liked. I don't tend to sleep that much. Mm. Um, and eat, whether I was age eight or currently 58, um, I am a big reader. Um, and how do I stay across? We have good reps and people coming out. I am a big reader. Um, while I have a book trail and I review books, if, if I don't like a book, I don't think there's any point in posting negative feedback about it. Mm. So, mm. so I don't put lots of books on my book trail, but um, ones that I like I put up and I, I can't read everything. But every month I work with reps and publishers and curate a monthly list, which is available to our customers. And that's a way for me to keep, you know, and I do that myself. Um, I've got tech staff and other staff who, who load those to a website. Um, and other staff who add to the list, subtract, you know, um, take books off or whatever. But basically every month I'll spend a day or two just curating a monthly list, um, mm. which is a good way to just stay across the market. And particularly I'm always looking, you know, across the range, picture books, junior fiction, middle grade, um, teen nonfiction, graphic novels. So there's like six or seven areas that I try to look at across the month. I don't see all the books. You know, I might miss some great books because there are so many great books out there, but I am pretty much on top of it. Okay. So when you talk about that monthly list, is that the same as a standing order? Can you perhaps explain a little bit about, um, because people will see standing orders referred to, but what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, we do standing orders. So we have maybe over 100 schools that, which is very nice. They just trust the children's bookshop and they might have a certain budget and we will send X number of books um, we deal with a lot of books in country areas who, you know, the librarians can't get to um, bookshops or they, they have no bookshops. So we deal a lot of um, schools in, say, Armidale, Wollongong, Newcastle. Um, there's good bookshops in all those places. But So we have standing orders for over 100 um, schools, but for many other schools, they get a monthly list that they can click through and actually, in effect, view online. Um, and I guess they trust my judgment, but they'll actually click through and say, okay, I've looked at your list. These are ones that we'd like to buy. We'd like a quote or whatever. So yes, standing orders where 
the school relies completely on me or um, teacher librarians go through a curator list and, and select from that and, and will hopefully add to that and give me some feedback as well. Fantastic. And how do you choose the books in your standing orders? Because, you know, every school community is kind of different in its own yeah. way, isn't it? So when for those books, you're looking at, um, what are you looking at, mass appeal? Like what are you looking at in that area? It's interesting because the, the children's bookshop is, you know, well, I'm not, um, I have a lot of respect for Scholastic, but, you know, we're not Scholastic standing orders. I'm not Lamont standing orders. So I guess Every bookshop, every standing orders provider um, has to have its own character. Mm. I try to largely represent Australian, and I, I don't apologise for that. So it, largely the standing orders is Australian authors like yourself. Um, I know the first summer of Kelly McGee was in standing orders. Hooray! All those many months ago. How many, when did it come out? August, yeah. You know, it doesn't mean you go fast. It does. So largely Australian, and I, I, I talk to a lot of um, conferences about the landscape, so I try to reflect the current reading landscape, so neurodiversity, um, cultural diversity, Indigenous voice, um, graphic novels are huge at the moment. So I guess the standing orders list, for good or for bad, reflects what I see as, as the current landscape. But certainly I am absolutely pro-Australian authors, um, mm. which I think is a good way to be. Absolutely. Um, so, okay, so you're out there, you're talking to kids all the time, you're talking, You, t- I know that you do parent kind of um, activities, you do teacher librarian events, you like, like, you're like talking, talking, talking constantly. Um, what do you see, what do you see as the greatest challenge with kids and reading at the moment and what sorts of tips, you know, would you give to help overcome that? Yeah. Interesting, my the, the greatest area of growth for me is talking to parents at schools. So mm. that's been interesting. And parents absolutely universally want their kids to be readers, whether they are readers or not. And, and I assure parents that they don't have to be great readers. They don't have to be, doesn't matter what language they're reading in, it's their attitude to their, their children's reading that's important. Mm. But certainly... Um, when I'm out there, I, I think the biggest concern is not illiteracy, it's illiteracy, mm. lack of willingness to engage, to pick up a book and engage adults, children, teens, right across the board. But, you know, that lack of motivation or that distraction, if you like, is not just about reading, is it? It's about the world we live in. So mm. at the moment, I think the biggest challenge for teachers and for parents is to find time to encourage to motivate. Um, so parents, teachers, booksellers, we're all trying to do the same thing, hopefully, and that is to encourage kids to get past that first page, mm. whether they like the book or not, whether they fall into it. In fact, I say to kids, I talk pretty openly saying, you've got to give a book 20, 30 pages. Yeah. If you don't like it, put it down. I, you know, I put down books. We all put down books. But stay with it because it may be the best book of your life. Mm. So true. All right. So um, before we finish up today, because these are only short interviews, you know, I feel like we could have much, much longer. We might need to do an event or something, like let's get some kind of thing happening here. Um, But can you recommend uh, for our listeners an Australian children's book or two, if you've got more, that you've read recently that you would, you know, really like more people to know about? Yeah. I mean, it's funny. It's the children's bookshop, but a huge growth area. 
in high schools is um, building adult collections. So mm. you know, I try to encourage the teachers. I do a lot of talking at staff development days about reading for the teachers, for the adults. But So we do sell books right across the range. But, I mean, picture books, there's so many beautiful ones. And, um, you know, our biggest selling picture book at the moment is um, is Josh Pike. And, and I, I love his music mm. and, and his, his books – Bluffs some of his books, not so much others, but um, Your Head's Not the Place to Store Problems by Josh Pike. There's been a huge demand for that book because yep. it deals with well-being and, and um, uh, you know, anxiety, a whole range of things. And that's a huge demand with schools, with parents, and I think with kids as well. Um, but there's picture books like that, which are quite commercial. I do love a, a picture book called In My Garden by Kate Mays, which is mm. just Gorgeous language, um, cross-cultural, it's gorgeous. Um, my favourite teen book this year um, was We Could Be Something by Wilkes Starkus, which is sensitive for some, but I think it pushes some boundaries in terms of structure and it caught me by surprise. Teen fiction is a hard one. I think that's the hardest yeah. area by far. Um, but middle grade, and you know that because you've just done a, a middle grade, that is the hottest area by far. And there's so to narrow down to one, but you know, Scar Town by Tristan Banks, um, Millie Mack, the maker, I think it is, isn't yep. it? Um, yep. um I just read that this camp is doomed. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you've read it. Very I, I blurbed it. <laughs> Are you legit? Well, you know, it's quirky and I like those books that I expected. I didn't know where it was going. Um but middle grade, rather than I could talk about lots of titles, but middle grade, there are so many choices at the moment and so many good choices. Yeah, that's so true. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your recommendations. Thank you so much for your tips and uh, best of luck with all of those school visits. Um, by the time this one comes out, you'll be hopefully having a nice well-earned break um, with your feet up reading, you know, for next year. But um, yeah, like, you know, keep fighting the good fight, Paul. What else can we do, right? Good to speak to you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that discussion with Paul and that terrific list, list of recommendations. In the next episode, I'm chatting to children's publisher Claire Hume about her role in the book publishing process, what makes her choose one manuscript over another, and a whole lot more. I hope you'll listen in. In the meantime, you'll find me at alisontate.com, on Instagram and Facebook at alisontatewriter, and of course, in the Your Kids Next Read community. Look for Megan at megandaily.com.au and childrensbooksdaily.com. She's in the process of doing a bit of a merge over there. Or follow her summer holiday adventures at, at Megan Daily Books on Instagram and Facebook. With her first picture book, The Beehive, coming out in February, I'm here to tell you it's not much of a holiday. Anyway, I will talk to you next time. Look for the show notes at yourkidsnextread.com.au.